Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello everyone, good evening, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a lovely day, I certainly have. So much to get through. Grab yourself a beverage. Chilled, preferably. Grab yourself a snack, something spicy. Settle in. Put your little bootsies on. Gonna have some fun tonight. Thanks for joining us. Let's go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I'm Boogie Bum, your host. Hopefully for the next hour or so, might go a little bit overtime tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a lovely day. I certainly have. And it is the last day of the Daily Boogie Week. The very short and communistic style week that we run here. In this two, this, this shit fight operation that we have here in this little studio. Because we're all about sharing the wealth. So three days a week, that's all we do. So I promise today what we're going to do tonight is uh, wrap up all of these weird little odds and ends, all of these strange little stories that I've collected throughout the week and just go shotgun style through them. Bang, 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 bang. (laughs) Ocean, Nathan, can you please make me depressed? Well, I can. See, we could go two ways. We can kind of keep it jovial and happy and ha ha ha, look at the silly people and go about, you know, fill ourselves with warm fuzzies or I can make you really depressed and angry like an AM style radio presentation. Can you believe these fucking people? Oh my God, what the hell are these people doing? They shouldn't be allowed. Right, we can go that way if you want. If you prefer. Maybe we'll do a little of each. We'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But we can't get to all of the odds and ends of the week before we address Portland. Portland, I find fascinating as obviously an outsider looking in a fascinating situation. Arguably like the most activist mayor that I can think of like in in any kind of political system in the Western world. Like I don't think that there is anybody who is more aligned with, you know, like the activist fringe in politics than the guy Wheeler, I think his name is, who runs Portland. And he's been doing a PR tour going against, uh, you know, accepted wisdom and probably really upsetting his tourism board by going around saying, don't come to Portland. We don't want you here. We don't want anybody. Don't even get on a plane. Don't get on a bus. Just leave Portland alone. Just leave us alone. Put a big wall around Portland. Just leave us here in our little utopia and all of you other people just stay the fuck away. There's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, bro. Don't bother coming. So, which is very strange. <laughs> so I thought we'd um, address the mayor of Portland, first of all, and the upcoming supposed domestic terror events, which will no doubt be taking place due to all of the angry rhetoric going on in the world. Just a quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to tell me to get the fuck out of Portland, then you can do so 
by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for sharing the show out. So let's kick it off with this. This is where it all started. A few weeks ago, you'll remember uh, Andy No, the writer. I think he's the editor at Quillette. Um, he, he learned firsthand what bash the fash means. Uh, he claims that he's not a fascist, but of course, that's what all fascists would say, right? I mean, let's get real here, folks. The, f- the first thing that fascists do is tell you that they're not a fascist. So, I mean, anybody who denies their fascism, anybody who would go out of their way to claim that they have no fascistic tendencies within them is obviously a fascist, obviously. Portland rally against domestic terror ends with chance of lock him up. This is some of the most unironically inverted logic that you will ever see. Many protesters blame President Trump for using language that set the tone for mass shootings in Texas and Ohio last weekend. So would that language be like, lock her up? (laughs) Is that the kind of language we're talking about here? You know, President Trump's language is setting the tone for domestic terror events and violence. We should lock him up and stay the fuck out of Portland, you fascist. What? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with our language. We're the good guys. A rally in Portland that began as a cry for elected officials to enact sensible gun safety laws, which I love because that implies that any gun laws that are in place now are just not sensible. They're crazy. They're stupid. Uh, Turned boisterous as protesters ended with chants of lock him up a reference to President Trump's incendiary rhetoric that some said set the tone for mass shootings in Texas and Ohio last weekend. What does that even mean, set the tone? Oh, he he's, he wasn't actively asking people to shoot anybody. He wasn't actively asking people to commit domestic terror, but his rhetoric set the tone for it. Like, like Billy Joel? Whoa. For the longest time. Uh, the fuck are you talking about? Set the tone. Well, I wasn't going to shoot anybody, but then I went to it. Then I watched a Trump speech on TV earlier in the day, and then it all made sense. I knew that if I committed a mass atrocity and gunned down innocent people in a shopping center, that the president had my back because he's setting the tone for this. You know, I can't take all the credit for the mass shooting. The president arguably inspired me. (laughs) About 50 people gathered in front of Portland City Hall. 50, really? On Thursday evening for a demonstration to stop domestic terrorism. Police stood nearby the peaceful rally, which lasted about an hour and featured several speakers. Rally organiser Diane Russell, a former state uh, legislator, urged the crowd to denounce what she described as a new wave of domestic terrorism spurred by a radical online network of white supremacists and given implied approval from the President of the United States of America. Huh? Implied approval. We're not, we're not saying that you shouldn't go around killing people. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. We're setting the tone. Russell said uh, mariners need to call upon their elected leaders to address mass shootings with rational gun policy, such as universal background checks, and to deconstruct the online white supremacy network by calling it for what it is, domestic terrorism. Uh, Let's go down here. Here we go. We decided not to take actions and the results were predictable, Tracy trolled the crowd. 
Here we are and we have very few effective tools for preventing the next attack from happening. Tracy said it may be time for government to do more surveillance of potential domestic terror threats. That's what we need, more surveillance. But he also urged uh, rally goers to tell Washington to find a spine and enact common sense gun laws. So there you have it. Uh, the former state legislator in Oregon agreeing with various um, conservative Twitter figures <laughs> about wanting the surveillance state to merge with uh, Silicon Valley to up the surveillance and identify people before they commit crimes. Take them out. Take them out of the public square before they actually do anything and perhaps have them uh, committed to a mental institution against their will, as the president highlighted the other day. So that's what's happening in the background. So apparently there is a there's a big rally, there's a get-together, a soiree planned for this weekend, and the Portland mayor has been doing the rounds, doing the PR rounds, to get the message out that certain things will not be tolerated and certain people best not show up in the good city of Portland to harass the good people of Portland. So here we go. Portland mayor, Mr. Wheeler, expressing his concerns for what may erupt on the weekend. Oh, let me get the sound there. Conference today, the city bracing for dueling protests this weekend dueling by far-right and Antifa activists. The FBI called in to assist local police as an added precaution after violence erupted during demonstrations back in June. That was when a conservative jur journalist was brutally assaulted while covering the story. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler joins us now. Mayor, good morning to you. What is your message to anyone who is planning to protest violently there this weekend? Our message is a simple one. We are unified as a city. We're opposed uh -huh. to violence. If you bring your violence here, we'll have the people, we'll have the personnel, we'll have the resources. He's not wrong. He's not lying. Portland really is opposed to violence, so much so that police in riot gear will just stand idly by because they're so opposed to violence. Law enforcement officials with batons and tasers and other implements of law enforcement will stand there like statues. Not Civil War statues, mind you. Celebrated liberal statues like cops in riot gear with helmets on. They will stand there and do absolutely nothing. They won't even move. They will just stand idly by and watch very calmly and very non-violently as events take place in front of them. This much we know. So, first of all, uh, the fact-checkers on Mr. Wheeler, he's 100% correct. The city of Portland is very much against violence. <laughs> they don't engage in any violence whatsoever. We'll enforce the law and we'll be ready for you. So we're asking people not to come here if they're planning on committing acts How of violence. Are this you, is not our value, what, what, and we don't want you. What, what do you think okay. with local police, state police? What do you have lined up? Well, the first thing we've done is we've built partnerships. So ah. we've spoke <laughs> oh, I love this shit. So tell us, tell us, Mr. Mayor, what have you actually done to safeguard against violence in Portland? Tell us, what have you actually put in place? Tell us about some of the policies. Tell us about, you know, what the police are going to be doing, what kind of operations are going to be taking place to ensure the citizens' safety in the good city of Portland uh, this weekend. Well, i tell you what we've done. We've done something that many people have never thought to do before. We've gone out there and we've built partnerships. 
These are the kinds of answers when you have no answers. We've built partnerships. Well, I can tell you that I have personally consulted with many of the stakeholders and we are busy building partnerships and engaging uh, with the relevant parties to ensure that uh, all protocols are followed and we are prepared for anything that might come our way. Uh, uh, great. Uh, so what are you doing again? What are the police doing? I, I already told you, we built partnerships. People are like, partnerships? <laughs> the fuck is a partnership? I think that's when you go arm in arm and stand across a busy highway, hands across America styles into federal, state, regional, and local law enforcement ah. officials. We have the personnel we need. We have the resources we need. People are going to see... We've, we've, we've built partnerships with local, state, and federal law enforcement. We have the personnel we need. We have all of the equipment we need to stand by and do absolutely nothing whilst people beat each other's skulls open <laughs> with banner signs and batons and big sticks. A much larger police presence. We've uh, worked with our local district attorney so that if there's the possibility of larger numbers of people being arrested, we can process that. But what's what, what, larger than three? <laughs> how many? How many people got arrested after the last thing? When millions of people saw the footage on the internet of you know people attacking each other and. Uh, we, you know, one particular journalist who claims he's not a fascist, but of course, what else would he say? Uh, he was being beaten and had shit thrown on him. Um, you know, he came out bloody and bruised. He had a brain bleed, had to go to hospital. Millions of people saw that. I think like three people got arrested for the whole weekend. So we're prepared just in case we need to lock more people up. How small is the jail in Portland? We're prepared. We're going to put a couple in my basement. I've got a big padlock. I'm going to keep them down there. Um, so if you know if we do have to arrest more than a, you know a literal handful of people, don't worry. We're on the case. The DA is prepared. The DA has been putting in overtime. Different this time is our city has never been more unified. Ah, yeah. We have government leaders, business leaders, faith leaders, labor leaders, school leaders, athletes all coming together with a clear message. Yep. If you're coming to our city to commit acts of violence, you are not welcome here. Mm -hmm. What if you're already in Portland? <laughs> okay, so we get it. You don't want people who are coming to Portland to commit acts of violence. What if you're a Portland native? What if you're a Portland local? Do you have to leave? You know what I mean? If you're already here and you agree with us, if you're already here and you're of a certain persuasion, don't go anywhere. You're, you're fine. You stick around. No, we're talking about the people who don't vote the way we do. We don't want them coming in. But if you're, if you're one of these violent types that likes to engage in political violence on the streets of Portland and you are a local, then by all means, the city belongs to you. Whose streets? Your streets, voter. Your streets. Vote Wheeler for mayor. Well, what yeah, is the so message I, that... Just I, I, I just want to follow up one thing. The thing that we learned about Charlottesville, sir, is that Charlottesville they had all again. that in place too, right? They had local police, the sheriff's deputies, they had state troopers there. I think they, they might have had some elements of the state, uh, state guard there as well. The mistake they made is allowing these two groups to get in physical contact with each other. How can you prevent that, Mayor? 
Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly right. And all police agencies across the nation, including our own, have learned a lot from the Charlottesville experience. The key is from the very beginning, keep those different factions separated. Yeah. Give people the space they need to exercise their right to assembly and the right to First Amendment rights, yep. as long as they're being peaceful. But we're going to keep people separated. We're going to make sure that we use personnel and other tactics to keep that separate. Here in Progressive Tolerant Portland, we believe in segregation. We want to keep people with different ideas well away from each other at all times. We don't want you mingling. We don't want you talking. We don't want you interacting. You're going to have one side of the city over there for you and this side of the city over here for us and there's a big line. We're going to draw a line in the sand. We are going to keep people separated, damn it. Because that's how we stop um, anger and angst and, you know, a, a fervent atmosphere from escalating is by keeping people separated between rows of riot police who will do absolutely nothing should those barricades get broken at some point. Operation. And on the whole, we've been very good at that. So that's very what we're going to continue yes. to do. There's on been the no whole. arrest, though, when it comes to Andy No, We know that they are still in the process of trying to make an arrest in that case. Mm. But what message does that send if, if, if there was not follow-through there, Mayor, no, follow on what happened to that well, conservative there, journalist? Well, with, with all due respect, I, I disagree. We don't tolerate... With all, with all due respect, he's a, he's a fascist. He's a Nazi. So, you know, what do you expect me to do? I mean, sure, sure, the guy got beaten over the head by people in a black mask and, you know, had to go to hospital. But let's be honest here, he's kind of a bigot. <laughs> he kind of had it coming. He should have known that he shouldn't have shown up in Portland. Like, I mean, you know, what do you want from me over here? <laughs> With all due respect, I disagree. Any act of violence, not that act of violence or any uh, other. And the police are investigating and they are following up on leads. Here is... We've got leads. There was only like a thousand video cameras filming the whole thing. There was only like a hundred smartphones in the area all filming it. But don't worry, we're following it up. We got leads. The tweet from Andy No. I was beaten on the head and robbed on 29 June. Antifa then continued to hurl milkshakes at my bleeding face. I was hospitalized with a brain hemorrhage. There still hasn't been a single arrest by Port and Police. Um, I guess on that point, there are cameras everywhere that captured that incident. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Indeed, there are, and the police bureau has asked for that video footage as recently as a few uh. days ago. They put that call out again. <laughs> they have photographs of some of the individuals that they believe were the perpetrators, and I know that the intelligence unit continues to follow up on those leads, and I'm confident that there will be arrests in that particular case. You are? Okay. Uh. So what do you expect from this weekend, then? Based on <laughs> the, the look of surprise. <laughs> Feigned surprise from the Fox News host, whoever this guy is. Oh. Oh, you are looking up. You are looking into it. I see. I see. The politician said things. Didn't you hear the politician say things? They're looking into it. Move on. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm convinced. I don't know about you. He's got my vote. This weekend, then, based on the the, the precautions and the planning that your city has done, mm. how prepared are you? Oh, very. We're prepared. very prepared. Very prepared. Look, we, we've, we've seen this national rising tide of violence uh -huh. and hate speech and intolerance and right. it's mostly been geared towards women towards people of what? color towards immigrants that what <laughs> <clears throat> we've seen a rising in hate speech and intolerance and it's mostly geared towards women wow
It's new. Um, I can see why he's so afraid. <laughs> That's not who we are. We know that people are coming here from other parts of the country. We know that they intend to engage in acts of violence. Right. And we want to put out the message. We'll be ready for them. We we'll will be, be enforcing the law. You so know, people the are thinking of coming of to Portland to commit acts of violence. For talking we don't want you, you here. Yeah, I apologize for that. You know the record. We will be enforcing the law. Well, there's a first time for everything, I guess. So well done, Mayor of Portland. Uh, he gave a little rally to the faithful. Little speech in the city of Portland. High energy crowd. Our city, our home. That's the that is the obviously um, very organic and spontaneous uprising and uplifting of spirit with the people of Portland standing directly behind the dais as the mayor of Portland gives his little speech. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. Put the microphone closer to the mouth. It puts the microphone closer to its mouth. Thank you for coming together and standing in the hot sun. This guy's a pro. Important message. We stand here together, united as one, putting aside any differences we may have to send a clear... Yeah, gamester in the chat saying, watch out, Trump supporters will be dressed as Antifa. Antifa will be dressed like Trump supporters. I've got no doubt. That's how crazy it is. Like, if if I was, you know, in that area, I wouldn't be going to it. No way. No chance in hell. And I know people are like, well, you got to stand up for your rights and stuff. you got to stand up and, you know, not give an inch. Um, I would probably be on the side of, uh, you know what, just let Portland sort of do its thing. <laughs> because Portland, you I don't know if you're going to inspire people to change their vote um, by cracking their their sons and daughters' skulls open. Even though I may have some sympathy with your angst and your uh, concerns for the good city of Portland, this will probably only go one way. It'll probably only go downhill. And when it does go downhill, then everyone will be claiming to be the victim. It's going to be a shit show. Everyone will be claiming to be on the good side. Everyone will be claiming to be the victim. And it's just going to be more fodder, more chum for the press, right? If one, if one, you know, sort of left-wing kid comes out of there with a black eye, that's all you're going to hear about for the next week and a half. Constantly. So, you know, be prepared for that. But obviously, people can do what they like. I don't, I don't necessarily even care that much, but... You know, if you put yourself in um, a situation where it can only escalate to a certain place, then, you know, don't be surprised if it does. That's all I'm saying. A unified message. This is our city. This is our home. We're a city that seeks to find common ground. We're a city that's welcome. <laughs> We're a city that seeks to find common ground. Woo, lad. Now that's going out on a limb. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Yes, we're a, we're a city who, you know, agrees with everybody getting along and finding consensus. And we love to have open conversations with the white supremacists and the Nazis and the fascists. <laughs> Lock him up. Lock him up. 
We look, we look for common ground in times of trouble here in Portland. That's why you shouldn't get off the bus and you shouldn't come because our, our riot squad is ready to take you down because we agree with, you know, looking for common ground. Inclusive and supportive. We're proud Inclusive and supportive. A sanctuary city. We're a city that has each other's backs. These are our backs. <laughs> no shit. We're a city that has each other's backs. In the last interview, we just saw that the police can't find anybody responsible for nearly beating a conservative journalist half to death on the street. <laughs> well, you know, the police asked. I mean, I asked the chief of the police and he said, yeah, well, you know, we asked people, hey, if you got any footage of that guy uh, getting viciously beaten on the street, we'd love to have a look at it. If anybody caught that, you know, nobody's come forward. So, <laughs> again, he's right. He's 100% right. They are a city. You've got to give it to them. Got to give it to Portland. They are a city who has each other's backs. Very much so. Don't talk to the coppers. Don't dob in your friends. And then we can all go bash the fash, safe in the knowledge that we're going to get away with it. So good on, good on you, Portland. That's some good old-fashioned values right there. We stand in opposition yes. to the rising national tide ah. of hate, intolerance, bigotry, mm. and white supremacy. He already used that line on Fox News. He already used that. I'm getting the feeling that these lines are pre-written and workshopped and focus grouped and just repeated ad nauseum. Like there isn't a lot of new material coming out of the mayor's office. We stand united. Ah, oh, okay. We don't, they, those aren't our values. Gotcha. We stand united against the rising tide of hatred and bigotry. Okay. Okay. Pretty much, pretty much know that already. Thanks though. Thanks for reiterating. Especially against rhetoric aimed at women, people of color, and immigrants. Um. We stand here today in Pioneer Square, in the heart of our city. <laughs> Good question in the chat from Nephilim Ninja. Can you sign hate speech? <laughs> today, a deaf person was beaten on the street for giving the finger to somebody. She claims that she was just merely trying to explain the concept of hate speech to somebody on the bus. Police are looking for evidence, but nobody has come forward, despite the fact that there were 50 camera phones filming the entire incident. Cherished by many Portlanders and visitors alike. It's a popular, open, and public space. Children come to run around and play with their parents. Couples uh. come to take photographs and create memories. Why, why, is, it, why is it that these cities where, you know, there are people getting beaten on the street, um, mass protests, violent protests, people getting attacked. Remember the old guy in the car? Uh, you know, Andy No getting his, his skull bashed in. Why is it that wherever these cities are, all you ever hear about is, it's like, good morning, starshine. The earth says hello. It's just such a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place where we all have each other's backs. It's happy. It's tolerant. It's definitely progressive. It's a place where families can walk freely through the streets in peace and harmony. It's where families come out on bright, beautiful, sunny days to take photos of all the surrounding neighborhood and wilderness. 
It's just a place where everybody can feel so secure and peaceful and safe and wonderful and we just wrap you up in a nice big warm blankie. <laughs> but meanwhile, you flick on the news and it's like, seven fascists were beaten half to death on the street today by brave Antifa defenders of our values. <laughs> Masked men attacked a conservative journalist on the street today. Police are asking for evidence and everybody's telling them to go fuck themselves. An old man was violently attacked as he was trying to get to work in the morning because he didn't agree that Portland should be a sanctuary city. Another Starbucks window was kicked in today. Blah, 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 blah. It's just such a wonderful place. It's so happy, so safe. We got each other's backs, guys. Come out, take your photos. But if the police ask you for those photos, don't you dare hand them over, you snitch. (laughs) And Portlanders, by the hundreds of thousands, come here to interact, to eat lunch, and generally enjoy the day. (laughs) Hundreds of thousands of Portlanders come here to eat lunch. (laughs) Come to Portland. We've got lunch. Are you interested in lunch? It always comes back to food, doesn't it? It always, for some reason, all roads lead to the belly. It's like, it's always like the go-to argument for sanctuary cities or mass immigration or multiculturalism. It's like, well, I'm so, are, you, are you against mass, unplanned mass immigration into our wonderful progressive city? Are you some kind of a madman? Where the hell would we get tacos from? How the hell am I supposed to get myself a coconut curry if we don't import at least 200,000 people from the subcontinent? It's like they don't know that cookbooks can travel. It's like they have no awareness that you can go online and find a recipe for things. Although, to be fair, do you remember a couple of years ago, a burrito van in Portland was picketed and eventually shut down because the person making the burritos wasn't a Mexican? I think that they legitimately think that if you're to eat food from some other part of planet Earth, that you have to actually import the chef. <laughs> it always comes back to food. That's the go-to argument. Sure, we uh, haven't spent enough on infrastructure. Sure, the housing market is going through the roof. Sure, uh, blue-collar and low-pay, low wages are stagnant. Sure, there's far more competition for those low-paid jobs. Sure, the welfare bill is rising. Sure, there's fewer placements in schools. Sure, there's fewer beds in hospitals. But hey, I, I can get a burrito. So stop your complaining, racist. Nazi. I, if, you, if we had it your way, we'd only all be eating steak and vegetables every day, wouldn't we? That's what bigots eat. That's why this space is fondly known. Funnily Portland's known. living room. Portland's living room. Liebentraub. Some people have come here with a very different agenda. They started using our square oh. and the rest of our downtown oh dear. as a place to spread their hate and intolerance, ah. to spread their fear, and on occasion, their fear to perpetrate acts of violence. Mm. Now, you know that Portland has a long and proud history of supporting the right to assembly and the right to free speech. It's ingrained in our DNA. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you could hear that, but somebody in the crowd yelled out, no free speech for Nazis. Who's a Nazi? All of them. <laughs> All of them. 
Every single one of them. If you've never had um, Middle Eastern cuisine in Portland, you're probably a Nazi. It's like it's like a reverse Jeff Jeff Foxworthy bit. You know what I mean? If you've if you've never had subcontinental curry dishes, you're probably a Nazi. If you've never had authentic Mexican made by an authentic Mexican, you're probably a Nazi. It's part of Portland's soul. We no protested no free speech for fascists. We protested hate. We protested racism. We protested sexism. And we have long been at the forefront of activism in this community. But in the last years, as you're all aware... See, like, that's what I mean about the activism stuff. Most politicians try to keep their ties to, like, the activist, you know, part of their base at arm's length. But he's he's using, um, you know, he's using collective tone in his, in his speech. He's saying, like, we have been at the forefront of the activist movement. We have protested against bigotry. We have protested against fascism. The mayor has your back. City Hall is on your side. Right? It's, it's just funny because if they want to talk about, oh, we're empowering people, we're, we're ramping up the rhetoric and stuff, nothing ramps up the rhetoric like <clears throat> the leader of the, of the city coming out and basically saying, hey, you know, all those people coming in, they want, they hate, they fear, they want to spread their fear. Think of the families and the people out here taking photos of their lunch or whatever the hell they do in Portland. Sounds like a lot of people taking photos of lunch and they want to come in and spread their fear and their anger and their hatred. And we've we've been at the forefront of the activist movement. We're not going to stand for this. We're not going to tolerate it. <laughs> But it's always done with, you know, this sheen of niceness, like sunshine and rainbows. It's just such a happy place, a wonderful place. Such a nice place. Don't ruin our nice place. Don't take a shit in our nice place, please. We're all happy and tolerant and progressive here. It's a very safe place without you. Please don't ruin it. Like the veiled threats, the veiled hostility always gets me. But very rarely do you see it from somebody who's like an elected official. Things have started to take a darker turn. People have been abusing that right, using the guise of free speech uh, to commit acts of violence. Free, free speech is just a guise now. Using the guise of free speech, okay, to commit acts of violence. Why don't your police stop people com from committing acts of violence, though, Mr. Mayor? If you're so against acts of violence, why do your police routinely, every single time, just stand by and watch it happen? Why don't they prevent acts of violence from happening? Why would that be the case? Violence is not a civil right. Right now, we're all witness to a national rhetoric that has whipped <laughs> racialized violence into a frenzy, causing harm. Pinochet in the chat just looked up how to sign free uh, hate speech, and it is a couple of middle fingers followed by lots of clapping. <laughs> Causing pain, causing fear for many people here in our community. Pain and fear. So hear me loud and clear. Loud and to clear. To those of you who plan on using Portland on August 17th as a platform to spread your hate, you are not welcome here. No, we've already got somebody spreading hate and he's standing at this dais right fucking now. 
Get the hell out of our beautiful, peaceful, nice town with the children and the lunch. We don't want you here. Get the fuck out. Go on. Get. (laughs) This is a nice and welcoming place filled with happy families and people taking pictures of lunch, you nasty Nazi bigots. Get the fuck out. Okay. Uh, Lunch, anybody? Who wants curry? Who wants a burrito? Jose, time to whip up some burritos. Our authentic Mexican is on the job. We're very welcoming. We don't like stereotypes. Ladies and gentlemen, the mayor of Portland. Probably going to be re-elected until he dies in about 40 or 50 years. Something like that. (laughs) Going to be elected every single election for the rest of his life. Why not? Good on him. They do good work. Here's something that I found interesting. We we forecasted this not long this ago on this bo- show. And I have to thank Poppy Lane for sharing this with me. You are listening to The Daily Boogie. Keeping on the political theme, we were very excited to learn that Cardi B was going to be teaming up with Bernie Sanders because if there's one thing we can say about Bernie Sanders, it's that he understands young people. He understands the concerns of young people and he wants to get through to that young demographic. He said, you know, the reason that I'm teaming up with Cardi B is because this election is about the young people. The young people of America are going to decide this election. So here's a young person who knows things about stuff. Cardi B, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as... Poppy pointed out when she shared this video, look, Cardi buttoned all the way to the top for this. (laughs) And you'll be pleased to know, uh, keeping in line with keeping politics serious, a very serious matter, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, the the future of the free world is literally at stake here. Uh, This interview was conducted in a nail salon in Detroit (laughs) for which the product placement was made in Bernie Sanders' video, Bernie Sanders, He Who Hates Capitalism. You know, capitalism is the problem and the 1%. I'd just like to thank this nail salon for hosting our little get-together today. Come on down now. If you use the voucher code Bernie, you'll get 10% off your nail trim next time you're in town. Thank you, Cardi B. Thank you, Cardi. Called the 10... Nail buzz. Do I know nail buzz? This is Senator Bernie Sanders. I am with Cardi B. We're at the 10 Nail Bar in Detroit, Michigan. It's like the worst FM uh, traveling FM van of all time. You know how they have the vans that hand out like vouchers and cans of Pepsi and shit. Like if you go to, if you go down to the Ten Nail Bar right now, you'll see Roger hanging out with the Forty Five FM crew. He's handing out cans of Pepsi and bags of Doritos for fa- for our favorite fans. So get on down there now. Get yourself. He's also handing out five dollars in cold hard cash. Right. We're at the 10 bar in uh, Detroit, Michigan. What, what the hell is this place? A nail bar. You, you drink nails? What the hell's going on here? Can I get a rusty nail? Oh, no. It's a, for your finger, fingernails, right? Oh, I see. Well, you, as you can see, I'm at this very hip and trendy young person place with my friend, my good friend, Cardi V. <laughs> Talking about some of the most important issues that he- And look at the way she's looking at the camera. 
He's on the edge of his seat. Talking some of the we're talking we're just we just happen to be in this nail salon uh, talking about some of the most important issues that impact our world today. Impact you. Education, jobs, education, education. Yeah, we here we here with my fucking homeboy Bernie, and we be talking about all of all of the motherfucking things that yo like the young people need to know, like like education. And your motherfucking wages and motherfucking healthcare. Get your goddamn pussy checked at a gynecologist, yo. I'm just here down here with my motherfucking homeboy, Bernie. Y'all need to vote for fucking Bernie Sanders because he understands, like, yo, like all the all the issues about with the young people and, and all that. And we're here talking about education and the motherfucking wages and, and all that shit, motherfucker, you know? You know, homie? Ages. Police brutality. No, we're not. Police brutality. We're here talking about the issues like uh, police brutality and education. With my homeboy. With my motherfucking homie, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're, we're here at a nail salon. We're here at a nail salon and we're talking about all the issues. As you can see, my, my motherfucking homegirl here, uh, Cardi B... She knows how how the bitches roll in the nail salons. The nail ball, Cardi's nails and mine are just a little bit different, <laughs> but we hope you'll tune in. Show them your nails, Cardi. <laughs> this is just so weird and awkward. <laughs> this is just so strange. Look at Bernie. Look at Feel the Burn. <laughs> This is like a true meeting of the minds here. Only good things can come of this. Like Bernie knows he, ha- he Bernie knows he shouldn't be there. Look at him. He's. <laughs> I bet when somebody pitched it to him as well, he was like, uh, I don't know. What do you want me to do? Sit in a nail salon and talk to Cardi B about police brutality? I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a good look heading into an election. <laughs> Just so strange. Oh, I, I like the fact that politics is changing, and I like the fact uh, the fact that things are are different. Um, so I guess you got to take the good with the bad. I'm not sure that this is good. <laughs> Why Cardi being so boring in the chat? <laughs> Show him your punani, Cardi. That'll get him on board. Uh, just following up our talk on with the mayor of Portland, Mr. Wheeler. Uh, This was on MSNBC the other day, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, we're going to shotgun through this shit. Could it happen here? There's so many stunning parallels to what Hitler was doing in the early 30s. Once again, I'm not saying (laughs) Trump is going to slaughter six million Jews. There's just there's just so many there's just so many similarities with what happened in the 1930s in Germany and what's happening now. I mean, I'm not saying that Trump is going to slaughter six million Jews, but maybe maybe 50. You know, who's to say? We don't know how far this fucking madman's going to go. He's going to do all of the other Hitler shit except the Jew stuff. And we need to be worried about that. There are so many similarities. 
except for the Jew stuff, except for the slaughtering. And people in chat like, whew, whew. close call, close one. Could it happen here? There's so many stunning parallels to what Hitler was doing in the early 30s. Once again, I'm not saying Trump is going to slaughter six million Jews, but ranging from the fake news parallels uh-huh. to the seizing of new powers, the Reichstag in 33 versus, you know, Trump's non-existent national emergencies and declarations to ignore Congress. <laughs> I mean, you can see the similarities, can't you? Just like Hitler seized the Reichstag in 1933, Donald Trump put out an executive order for a border wall. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 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 I'm not saying that he's going to murder six million Jews, but all I'm saying is if there was a Reichstag in Washington, then Donald Trump and his red hat, goose-stepping, brown-shirt-wearing SA would already be storming it right now. They would be seizing it. If there was a Reichstag in Washington, D.C., ladies and gentlemen, you know that Adolf Trumpler would already have seized it. The racial scapegoating, the rallies, the, um, the rallies. isolating of himself. The, the rallies. <laughs> the rallies. You know who else liked to do political rallies, don't you? Hitler. That's right. Creating a false other. He false has the Justice Department in his pocket. He has one branch of the government marching blindly behind him. And right. we keep saying, oh, there's a... Marching blindly behind him. Just like the SS. Just like the brown shirts. Heil Trumpler. Heil Trumpler. Safeguard, this couldn't happen. This couldn't happen. But every time, even when it comes down to, say, send her home, send her home, send her back. And then Kevin McCarthy, the third ranking Republican, basically oh. said, no, you didn't. Otherwise known as Himmler. <laughs> didn't see that. That wasn't a chance. Right. So I firmly believe. Kevin McCarthy, or as he's otherwise known as Herman Goering. Knowing Donald Trump, that if you said to Donald Trump, Mr. Trump, in order to become Putin, in order to stay in office forever, in order to loot this country, you have to do X. He is capable of doing wherever your mind can take you for X. (laughs) Donald Trump is literally as bad as my imagination. (laughs) Talk about unhinged. You know, you know, you know, Joy, the real problem with Donald Trump is however bad he is in my imagination, he could potentially be that bad in real life. (laughs) Maybe that's the problem. Maybe these people on these TV shows just need to start thinking happy thoughts instead. (laughs) Maybe if they just start thinking happy thoughts, then all of the Hitler stuff will disappear. You know, I was sitting down the other night and I was I was imagining Donald Trump as Adolf Hitler and then. And then it became clear to me, wait, what if my imagination comes true? <laughs> I mean, whatever I can imagine Donald Trump doing, he's he's literally capable of doing exactly that. It's like maybe sometime in Donnie Deutsch's childhood when, you know, instead of being told, if you can dream it, you can do it. Maybe his parents should have said, Donnie, look, you're never going to be a successful person. You're never going to be intelligent. Why don't you just accept your lot in life and stop aiming for the skies? Your imagination is going to get you into big trouble one day, young man. <laughs> that boy has a wild imagination. 
But when he was imagining, you know, Ferraris and lollipops and ice cream with sprinkles, nobody cared. When he was imagining walking on the moon or winning the Super Bowl, nobody cared. He was even encouraged. But that that imagination has now gone unchecked well into his at least sixth decade on planet Earth. And now all he's imagining is is Donald Trump as Adolf Hitler doing whatever it takes to become a dictator for life. And it must be true because I can imagine it to be true. Donnie Deutsch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, as long as you can imagine, if you can dream it, he can do it. Uh, Muskegon, is that how you say it? Muskegon police officer on leave after KKK application found displayed in home. That's right. We're going to jump. We're going to be jumping from both ends of the racist spectrum tonight, ladies. <laughs> police officer is on administrative leave tonight because of wall decorations supposedly in his home. And it likely would not have happened if not for a Facebook post that's getting a huge reaction on social media. The post shows what appears to be an authentic application for citizenship in the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah. I love memorabilia just as much as the next person. Because I suspect, I haven't pre-watched this clip, I just saw the headline and I thought, oh, we're doing this one. So I suspect that you could see how old the paper was, right? He obviously didn't fill out the application, did he? Otherwise, because he wouldn't have it if he did. So it's not like you get an application to the Ku Klux Klan and then hang it on your wall and then say, I'm going to fill it out, like, you know, a hundred years from now. <laughs> so it's obviously like some kind of antique or some kind of heirloom passed down, right? Some very, very old piece of paper, probably from like, I don't know, over a hundred years ago. It might be worth a bit of money too. But of course, in today's day and age... That merely means that the guy is a secret KKK member in waiting who is glorifying racism and, <laughs> and hatred. Now, in saying all that, the ridiculousness of all that, to be fair, if I was conducting an open home to sell my house, I would, you know, if somebody said, look, you, you bring the real estate agent through, you know, the real estate agent will give you tips on how you can spruce out, spruce up the joint, how you can make the house more appealing. I've heard you always sell houses in spring, you know, so bright sunshine, it's not too hot, it's not too cold, you can have the windows open, the birds are chirping, and it's also a good idea to bake bread in the morning, so you can have that smell of fresh bread wafting through the house, it's very appealing. So little things like that, right, that you would do in an open home, if the real estate agent came through and saw uh, KKK memorabilia hanging on the wall... <laughs> It might be it might be the real estate agent's fault for not suggesting uh this may limit your potential customer pool. I just want to let you know. <laughs> uh sir, you have a wonderful house here, but have you you may have more success uh selling it on the open market if you remove the swastika flag from the front lawn. <laughs> You may have more success if you take the KKK application down. I'm not saying get rid of it. Just put it in storage until we sell the place, okay? And then you can put it up in your new house. Oh, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. Never thought of that. A couple touring the home in hopes of buying it says the discovery made them sick and they no longer want to buy that home. 13 oh. on your side. John Mills has their story. Now, see, that's stupid. That's stupid. Why wouldn't you buy the house? Who cares? It's a piece of, it's a piece of fucking paper hanging on the wall. 
well, I was a very interested customer until I saw this old piece of KKK propaganda hanging on the wall, and now I'm not interested in the house at all. The house is still the same. Like, you know that the KKK application doesn't come with the house, right? <laughs> like, it's not like if you take the KKK application off the wall that the house is going to fall down. It's not going to be there when you buy the house. Shit, if I could get, like, if I could get a big discount, if there was some, like, uh, awful racist house for sale and nobody was going in there, I would argue the guy down and say, great, fine, <laughs> thank God, got a bargain here. Good luck with your application, sir. And why Muskegon Police Officer Charles Anderson was not at work today. Muskegon's ah. Director of Public Safety, Jeffrey Lewis, tells me Officer Charles Anderson has been placed on administrative leave. Ah, see, because it's a police officer who owns the memorabilia. Ah, that well, that changes everything. You know, if you're a police officer, you're not allowed to have antiques in the house. <laughs> Your personal family heirlooms may be uh, unsafe for the public. Your personal family heirlooms hanging in your own house, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a police officer, uh, we may have to put you on extended leave. I'm sorry, but we have to consider public safety here with the shit that you have hanging on your wall in your home, in your own time. Right. Chief Lewis confirms that action is directly related to a Facebook post. I thought long and hard before I posted it. <laughs> Pinochet in the chat. I'd buy the KKK application and then tell him I'm going to pass on the house. <laughs> post made by Rob Mathis. In less than 24 hours, it's been shared more than 1,000 times and has resulted in more than 900 comments. Oh, this is the important thing. This is the important thing. How many times has it been shared on Facebook? A thousand. We need to act. Get the mayor of Portland on the phone. How the hell would he handle this? It was so disturbing to me. Mathis disturbing. says while touring a home for sale in northern Muskegon County, he and his wife, Raina, saw two Confederate flags. Oh, and on uh -oh. the dining room table... And the placemat was a Confederate flag. Then on a wall... <laughs> so the plot thickens. The plot thickens. <laughs> okay, so he had... Okay, now we're getting a better picture. So he had Confederate flags in the garage and the placemat on the table was a Confederate flag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe this guy's motivation was not purely ed for antiquities, perhaps. <laughs> All of a bed. Maybe he was trying... Maybe he genuinely was trying to set a... Uh, would you say, subtle motivation for the kind of buyer that he is most interested in. This framed KKK application, it can be seen... When, when's, is there a date on it? It's got to be a date on it somewhere. ...in a photo on the home's online yeah. listing too. I said, oh my God, let's go. Let's get out of here right now. Rob and Raina had already noticed Muskegon Police Department clothing, including what they believe was a department-issued jacket. I was just angry, and, I, and my daughter started asking questions, and she's only 12. To be clear, Mathis chose not to include the name of the Muskegon police officer in the post. Oh, thank Oh, good for you. <laughs> We were angry. My daughter was my daughter was asking questions, and she's only twelve. Yes, I wonder why that is. Uh, she's probably been told that 
if certain if people have certain images, then you better run for your life because they are a very dangerous domestic white nationalist terrorist. Perhaps maybe that maybe that could be part of the problem there. I'm Even not sure. though he knew the officer's name, but included in the hundreds of comments, other Facebook users did identify Charles Anderson, and Muskegon County tax records show his name on public records. Uh-oh. Officer Charles Anderson has been on. Wait, they had to dox him. They had to dox him on Facebook, right? the force in Muskegon since at least 2009. In 2009, Officer Anderson fatally shot Julius Johnson after Johnson ran from a traffic stop. In court, Officer oh, Anderson dear. testified Johnson wrestled away his radio and baton. Anderson told the jury Johnson beat him in the face with the objects. Then Muskegon County Prosecutor Tony Tag ruled the shooting was in self-defense. Anderson testified in court because Johnson's sister was charged and convicted on a charge of lying to police. Rob and Raina now know Officer Anderson's bosses have placed him on administrative leave. Oh, no. <laughs> See, all this because you tried to sell a house and you didn't take down the flags and the KKK application. And then next thing you know, your face is on the news and they're digging through your past. And what's this? What's this? A questionable police event where you shot a black guy? Uh-oh. Now now, now moving house is no longer optional for this guy. Now it's going to be, honey, we need to pack up the U-Haul and get the fuck out of here immediately. Don't worry about the KKK application now. Now it's time to pack up all his shit and get the hell out of Dodge, unfortunately. Because that's what's going to happen to this guy. And, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know what his personal views are and stuff, but it doesn't even matter now. Now the story's out there. Now the story's out there floating around. Now everybody will just assume that he's basically a grand wizard of the KKK and a, you know, and a big racist fascist police officer. So he's fucked. He's fucked. Florida mums. We're not doing Florida men today. We're doing Florida mums. Florida mums celebrate first day of school with wine and donuts. Mums have been dreaming of this moment all summer long. Their kids going back to school and they can finally kick back. That is a big glass of wine. Mother of the year here. <laughs> the kids are going back to state daycare and they can finally kick back and relax because that's what being a mum is all about. I just need some me time. I just need some me time. You know, you know, I love my kids and I love having my kids around, but God damn it, I'm happy to see them leave because now I can finally kick back with my friends and uh, be celebrated on the news for drinking a glass of wine bigger than my head. And relax. This group celebrating with wine and donuts. And that picture went viral. The news station's Jessica Albert report. The picture went viral. The... the, the what see what it takes to go viral some people spend years and years and years in content creation and trying to figure out ways to get viral and get clicks and see what it takes to get viral you just have to be a shitty mum <laughs> this went viral why <laughs> Yoo-hoo! wine and donuts Thank God my little fuckers are at school. I, I'm sick of fucking looking at them. Woo-hoo! Get the news cameras there immediately. Everybody needs to know about this.
This is news. As these four moms from Lake County got ready to send their kids back to school. They're they're woo girls. How how did we know? How did we know that they were going to be woo girls? Posing for a photo. (laughs) They decided to make it a memory they'd never forget. We just decided... You know what? Since becoming a mother, my fondest memory is with my three friends when we got rid of our when we got rid of our kids for the day. <laughs> you know, you just have to have children because when they go to school and you get to have wine and donuts with your friends, the memories will last forever. <laughs> you know what? Let's do a fun take on the back to school. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's stressed. Um, so why- Are they really stressed? Where's my volume going? The moms turned the camera on themselves for a not so traditional back to school photo shoot. Hashtag they buy. put on ro- <sighs> Hashtag buy Felicia. Robes grabbed a box of donuts, filled wine glasses with fruit punch, and toasted oh, to the it's fact fruit punch. that it's uh, don't be calm, everybody. It's fruit punch. Okay, stop, stop picking on them. It's just fruit punch, guys. All right, it's fruit punch. <laughs> it's even less newsworthy now even less important if it's not alcohol then what what's the fucking point of this honestly summer vacation is over and their kids are back in school as you can imagine those photos now going viral on facebook <laughs> they say as you could imagine like it's expected <laughs> that's right ladies and gentlemen Four mums from Florida, happy that their children are going back to school, got together, ate donuts and drank fruit punch. As you can expect, everybody on Facebook wanted to know more. <laughs> As you can expect. I, I Do you expect? I, I wasn't expecting this. I definitely was not expecting this. Basically, it was just supposed to be a memory for us. Something memory. fun to look back on, laugh, make the kids yep. laugh. Yep. And then it just totally took off. Between the- <laughs> Totally took off, Red. This thing is going stratospheric. Where are the husbands, Nephilim Ninja asked? Probably at work or throwing themselves into a tra- onto the train tracks at the local train station, perhaps. <laughs> no, that's a bit harsh. That's not fair. Come on now. Come on now. I'm sure the dads are very happy. Is that it? Is that all we got? Failed to load the stream. What the? Come on now. We need to see how this story ends. Moms have been dreaming of this. We need to know more. As you can, ex- them, they have- as you can expect, I want to know more. And then it just totally took off. Between the four of them, they have 18 kids. Oh, they thought wow. we were all crazy. They were just like, I can't believe you're out here doing this. Grandma's gone wild. <laughs> Straight to DVD, that one. My oldest daughter, she was like, this is so ridiculous, mom. This is crazy. Um, but now, of course, she's like, wow, mom, you are the cool moms. <laughs> oh, wow, mom, you're so cool. God help us. God help us all. Um, I want I want to show you this, more of the thin blue line. This, I thought, was extraordinary. Uh, Maryland police state investigate a Maryland state police investigating video where trooper rips out car window. Because I want to ask you a couple of questions about this. If anyone's from Maryland, please, I'm, I'm going to need you on deck. If you're from Maryland or you're in Maryland right now, I need you on deck because I have I have questions. I have questions about what happens in this video that I, I need to know. I need to get to the bottom of. 
This is how a traffic stop starts on May 7th on Route 4 in Calvert County. The driver, Ray Harris Jr., was coming home from jury duty when he got pulled over. He was coming home from jury duty and feeding the poor. He was feeding the poor, blind, homeless, disabled people in, on, on his lunch break from doing jury duty. He started recording because he thought the Maryland State Trooper approached him aggressively. The back and forth continues for about five minutes. Harris asking questions. The trooper repeatedly asking him to get out. Watch then this. Watch this. Both, both of my hands are right here. The trooper. Oh! <laughs> huh? Have a look at that. I've someone in the chat. I've never heard of Maryland. It's a it's a wonderful place. Maryland, you'll love it. It's it's otherwise known as Portland, Oregon. Breaks the window Look and pulls Harris back and forth. Continues for about this guy's like fucking RoboCop, man. You see it again? About five minutes. Harris asking questions. The trooper repeatedly asking him to get out. Then this. Both, both of my hands are right. Here. The trooper oh. breaks the window and pulls Harris out. He spent in one move. Just bang, rips the window out of the fucking car door. Woo! How about that? So, did you see what they were saying? So, he's asking the guy for five minutes, get out of the car, get out of the car, get out of the car. Now, I could be wrong here. So, the guy is asking, what did I do? Like, what are you stopping me for? What's the problem? Um... I don't, I don't necessarily agree with like heavy-handed policing and stuff, but is it wrong to say that if the cop pulls you over and says, get out of the car, you pretty much just have to do it? Like, is that how it works? Are you allowed to sit in the car and say, hey, man, I didn't do nothing wrong. What are you stopping me for? No, I'm not getting out of the car till you tell me what I did. You need to give me a reason to get out of the car. Is that how it works or not? I'm not sure. But I, I, I thought that if the copper pulls you over and says, sir, can you please step out of the vehicle, then you kind of have to step out of the vehicle, don't you? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> so after five minutes of not stepping out of the vehicle, the guy's like, well, I'm just going to get him out of the vehicle. You know what I mean? I'm just going to take him out. And see, the, guy, the other thing too is the guy's filming. No probable cause doesn't have to roll window down. Oh, okay, there you go. There you go. So, but he's also filming it on his camera, which I bet probably really pissed the copper off. And I wonder too, like, see, the copper is a black guy as well. So I do wonder if the copper had been white, if this would have been a bigger story. You know what I mean? Like, this guy lucked out. Unfortunately for him, he didn't get pulled over by a white copper who pulled out his um, his window in his car. So his, his little viral moment didn't go as viral as the four... Uh, vacuous ninnies who are celebrating with fruit punch and donuts that their kids are no longer spending any time with them. So that 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 story went stratospheric. That story went <laughs> worldwide. But this one, uh, not so lucky, unfortunately, for the young man. Eight hours in jail and him aggressively. The back I was coming home time. from jury duty. I'm going to see it one more time because it is RoboCop styles. When he got pulled over, he started recording because he thought the Maryland State Trooper approached him aggressively. The back and forth continues for about five minutes. Harris asking questions. The trooper repeatedly asking him to get out. Then this. Both, both of my hands are right here. The trooper breaks the window and pulls Harris out. He spent eight hours in jail and says the trooper's actions were excessive. He gave me no reason to step out of my vehicle, and 
I'm not giving up my rights just because he has a badge on. Defense attorney David Benowitz says according to the law, drivers have to get out of the car only if the officer has reasonable articulable suspicion to do a pat down or to search the vehicle. In this case, he doesn't see that. But here's what he says drivers should do. If I were the driver of that car, um, I mean, my advice would be, you know, you get out of the car, um, and deal with and deal with that issue later. The charges were dropped against Harris. He's working to get his arrest expunged, wants to be reimbursed, and wants to see state police take action against the trooper. I, don't I know why he wanted him to get out of the car, because he's a Ravens fan. He's a Baltimore Ravens fan. There you go. There's your probable cause right there. I have a problem with police. I what else do you need to know? With he's a Ravens fan and he's got dreadlocks. Get out of the car. Get out of the goddamn car. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the streets safe. What are you doing here? Wanted man didn't like police mugshot, so sent a more flattering selfie. <laughs> and uh, apparently from what I can tell, this guy is still, uh, they haven't caught him yet. See, this is the differencing between policing in the United States and policing in the United Kingdom. Stephen Murphy, 33, is wanted by police in Lincolnshire, and they issued his mugshot to try and track him down. The former Mr. Boston... Oh, is this in Boston, is it? Oh, there you go. Uh, the former Mr. Boston put the selfie in a section of his local newspaper when they ran a story asking if anyone knew who he was. Murphy, who was also known as jo Junior V. Murphy, told the Lincolnshire reporter to get my name right if they really want to track me down. <laughs> he said... If you get my name right and don't put the worst picture of me on when I've been up for three days in a Boston cop shop, you might be able to find me. Post this picture. It's better for you. So, and then he sent in this more attractive version of himself. <laughs> I kind of like this guy. <laughs> He's, who sees a wanted poster with their face on it and says, nah, you didn't get my best angle. Here, here try this one. Send this, try this one. See if you can catch me with this one. I mean, I'm basically a male fucking model. You've got me up here looking like a criminal. Yeah, look at this. The ladies love me, Mirror. He is wanted for failing to turn up to court on July 9, where he faced charges of causing criminal damage in Boston on May 8. Murphy has also been mocking police on his Facebook page, uploading pictures of them saying, I run this town, not you. <laughs> He also has topless pictures of himself with around $100, uh, 100 pounds in 20 pound notes laid out on his chest. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> he's a wanted criminal. He's, he's, you can't catch me, copper, on Facebook. Nah, that's, you're, not, you're never going to catch me with that photo. Try this one. <laughs> you know what? You don't care. There you go. Look at this. Wanted man didn't like police mugshot and sent a more flattering one in. Oak Creek Police. Pregnant woman goes into labour after she was caught stealing groceries. Tales about a bizarre robbery attempt in Oak Creek. Police confirm a pregnant woman tried to steal from a grocery store, but it's what happened next that makes this story unusual. CBS 58's Pari Cruz is live in Oak Creek with more on that story. Pari? 
Amanda and Mike, when security guards approached a woman about stealing from the Woodmans here in Oak Creek, she went into labor. Now, instead of taking her into custody, she was taken straight to the delivery room. Now, this all happened last Friday. According to Oak Creek Police, the pregnant woman was at Woodmans when she tried leaving the store with $255 in groceries without paying for them. <laughs> now, it seems like a likely story, doesn't it? You get caught with groceries that you haven't paid for, and when they try to apprehend you, leave me alone, I'm pregnant. Can't you see I'm ready to pop? Don't touch me. You can make the baby come out. You're going to make the baby come out. Just leave me alone. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You'd be like, yeah, sure, sure thing, sweetheart. Of course you are. Of course you're pregnant. Come on now. You're going to make the baby come out. <laughs> Police say store security confronted the woman and she was taken into custody, but had to be escorted to the woman's bathroom because she began to go into labor. Oh, <laughs> what a story for the 21st birthday of the young child, too. You know, it's about time I told you how you came into this world. You see, mummy was caught for common thievery at the local Walmart. And when they took me into the office to charge me and I was, whilst I was awaiting arrest from the local constabulary, I had to be escorted to the female bathroom to give birth to you in a toilet. Because <laughs> mummy was shoplifting. <laughs> mummy loves you very much. Mummy, like, say, who steals $230 worth of groceries? Like, just you just get enough to get in your pockets, right? Or enough to fit in your purse. That'll feed you for a day. Like, you don't do a monthly shop and then just, like, walk out with the cart. <whistles> that ain't going to work. <laughs> now, according to police, by the time officers arrived at Woodman, she was already... I suspect mum will be telling the 21-year-old 20, while she's visiting them in prison, perhaps. That may be the way that this works out. Johnson, your mother's here. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. By the way, happy birthday. <laughs> I, I just don't know where I went wrong. I just don't know where I went wrong with my boy. Don't understand. It started out so hopeful. It was a little bundle of joy. When they bought, when they dragged me into the office after I was caught stealing all of those groceries and he plonked out into the toilet. Uh, you know, it was beautiful. I was in love. I was in love straight away. I just don't know where I went wrong with you. Happy birthday, son. In delivery. Thanks, Mama. Some customers we spoke with today at Woodman say they didn't want to pass judgment because they couldn't help but feel bad for her being in that situation. Aww. But others say Aww. that shouldn't matter because what she did. Aww. They couldn't help but feel bad for her. Let's just give her the, give her the groceries. Go on. Let's give all pregnant women free stuff forever. It wasn't my fault. I was hungry, really hungry. <laughs> yes, I had mad cravings. I just needed $60 worth of chocolate chip ice cream. Sorry, officer. Sorry, your honor. Oh, the poor lady. You know, crime is excusable if you're pregnant. Let's be honest. Did was wrong. I don't know. I don't think I would ever do it, but I don't know. Maybe it's her circumstances. Maybe she's yeah. going through a rough time. I don't know. Yeah. You can never judge nobody because you don't know what position they're in. You can't judge anybody. 
this is this this fucking cancer. Yes, you absolutely can. If somebody is trying to steal hundreds of dollars worth of shit that doesn't belong to them, you can absolutely judge them. You can absolutely say, hey, don't do that. <laughs> Stealing shit that isn't yours is kind of a dick move. Stealing shit that isn't yours kind of makes you a trashy person. You are absolutely, well, you know, I don't want to judge anybody. You never know. You know, I, I wouldn't personally steal shit that's not mine but i don't know the personal circumstances of this woman i don't want to be too quick to judge <laughs> what is going on Every, everybody just let everybody do everything why the, why the hell not why even have laws don't want to judge anybody you shouldn't steal in the first place so i don't have any feelings really about that it just it was an event that happened that she went into labor unfortunately <laughs> there you go that's more like it well you shouldn't steal shit so i don't really care <laughs> that's better same time but no you shouldn't steal Police say she was delivered, she, sorry, she was transferred to a local hospital where she was able to complete her delivery of her child, but however, she was later mailed a citation for retail theft. Oh, she got a citation. Wouldn't it be nice though, you know how they, as soon as the baby's born, they put the baby up on mama's chest and take a picture. Wouldn't it be nice if one of her hands was cuffed to the bed? <laughs> is, that, is that too cruel? Shouldn't judge shouldn't be too quick to judge it's not fair it's not right it's not good here's a fun one why you may not be able to light up in your own apartment once recreational marijuana use becomes legal chicago tribune recreational marijuana use will be legal in illinois come january 1 but apartment and condominium dwellers could still face restrictions when lighting up at home <laughs> in the privacy of your own home Although there are many ways to use cannabis, smoking has emerged as a particular concern in multi-unit housing complexes where wafting smoke and odours are hard to contain. The bill signed by Governor J.B. Pritzker earlier this summer includes specific provisions that allow condo associations to prohibit on-site smoking, including in individual units. Our group has been talking about the cannabis law, what it provides and what rights it guarantees, said Mark Anderson. We've talked with legal counsel, but so far we haven't had any stance on the issue. And it's just the ultimate irony, isn't it? Imagine being a pro-marijuana activist in the city of Chicago for the last 10 years. Legalize it. Legalize it. We need to legalize it. You need to legalize marijuana. Come on, let us, let us legalize marijuana. Okay, and then the governor comes around and says, okay, I've got a deal for you. We'll make marijuana use legal. You're allowed to smoke it, just not in your house. <laughs> God damn it. It's like the booby prize. <laughs> okay, marijuana use is legal, but don't you dare light it up on your own property. <laughs> oh, oh, cruel twist of fate. Why do you mock us so? How awful. Uh, what else have I got? Here's another Florida story for you. Hundreds of crabs invade Florida Street in nightmare clip. Very clickbaity headline, nightmare clip. Do you want to see this nightmare of hundreds of crabs invading a Florida street? Uh, no, it's don't get your mind out of the gutter. It's not those kinds of crabs. Hey. 
what the fuck is going on in Florida? <laughs> what the fuck is going on in Florida? What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Free food by the looks of it. Free food. Crabs are very tasty and they're in season. Uh, Abriel Arnell captured the frightening encounter as she walked back to her home in the town of Stewart. In the clip, hundreds of blue land crabs are seen walking across the road and pavements. A passing car slows down in what appeared to be a bid to not frighten the shelled creatures, but results in them scattering into the bushes. Some are crushed under the vehicle's tyres. Well, there you go. You don't even need to bring your own, uh, what do they call those fucking lobster pincer things? You can crack it open, get the meat. It's already done, man. <laughs> pre-prepared, pre-prepared crab on the road. Road crab. My favorite kind. She's heard wincing as she avoids going near them. The Florida said, uh, the woman said she's greeted at her front door by the pesky creatures. I was told they are blue land crabs. Apparently they burrow throughout the year, but it's during this season and their spawning season when the heavy rain forces them out. We've lived here for a few years and this is the worst I've seen them. According to researchers at the University of Florida, blue land crab mating and female migrating season run until December, but its peak is in October and November. It comes after a giant crab came face to face with a child. Crunchy, crunchy. Yummy, yummy. So how privileged, how privileged are the people at Florida? They get wonderful, you know, tropical um, temperatures. They get the seaside air. They get beach communities, some of the most spectacular beaches in the world, all of the hot spots, ladies and gentlemen, a vibrant, diverse culture. The melding of, you know, North and South American cuisine and everything that goes along with it. They've got everything going on in Florida. They even deliver free crab to your front door. What is there possibly not to like about Florida? I've got a video here. I don't know if I want to show it or not. Here's the thing. I'll let you decide. I'll let you decide. I think I understand my audience, mainly because it's very small and I know most of you on a first name basis. <laughs> but I think I understand my audience well enough to know that if I show this particular video, it's probably going to outrage. You're a fucking royal fool. Thank you, Amy Ball. It's probably going to outrage a whole bunch of you and sicken a whole bunch of you. And upset a whole bunch of you. So I don't know if you want to be sickened and outraged and upset or not. So press one in the chat. <laughs> if you want to be sickened and outraged and upset. Or press two in the chat. If you do not. I'll let you decide. You decide. It's a lot of ones. It's a wall of ones. Everybody's on the ones. Okay. One it is. Came across this video. <clears throat> and you're going you're gonna have to decide your own level of skepticism. 
your own level of cynicism will dictate how you watch this. I'm only going to play a few minutes of it, and it'll be up to you to decide how you take it. Okay, let's let's do it. Everybody wants one. Let's do it. I'm the scary transgender person the media warned you about. I'm Rebecca. So you heard the first line there. The little kid, the little kid is saying, I'm the scary transgender person the media warned you about. (laughs) Now, if you're on the more cynical tip, you might say that this is something that you would not necessarily attribute to a very small child saying generally normally, right? I'm the the scary transgender person the media told you about. Did that come out of... Did this kid come up with that themselves? Did they come up with that themselves? Anyway. You joysy. My name's Jamie Brisehoff, and I am married. Uh, We have three children. They are 10, 8, and almost three years old. So I write a blog called I Am Totally That Mom. Ah. (laughs) She has a blog. You know, the more skept- the more cynical person out there, fucking very nice. Amy, why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? You don't have to be here. I'm happy for you to stay. I don't block people. I really don't care. You know what I mean? You can you can entertain us with your comments and whatnot. But if you really dislike it so much, why are you here? <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to stay. I just find it strange. So, mum has a blog, and in this age of the internet, <laughs> the cynical person out there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this. I'm not a very cynical person. I'm, I'm a very progressive, very tolerant, uh, inclusive individual. So, my suggestion would be that um, this is all very genuine and for the right reasons and everything is above board, the more cynical person, <laughs> see in the chat, finish day is like, of course she has a blog. <laughs> the cynical person might say that, well, um, what what would be a great way to spice up one's blog? <laughs> you know, I was doing a blog every single day and I couldn't get any hits. Nobody was reading my blog. I'm totally that mum. And then once I discovered that my child, my small child, is indeed a transgender individual, all of a sudden my exposure started to skyrocket. Past few years, my blog has really uh, become more focused on our journey with a transgender child. So Rebecca has always been um, gender nonconforming. Always, um, as always. young as two or three, she gravitated to typically feminine things. Has she has always been gender non-conforming? Here's the thing, right? If there's the the debate about this is always like nature versus nurture. So I need somebody to explain to me because they'll say, "Well, we're raising our children gender non-conforming, right? So we're not we're not putting any kind of gender stereotypes on our child. We want them to express themselves and be free and figure themselves out and whatnot, blah, 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 right? Okay. Because they say if you 
do raise your child, you know, with some kind of gendered upbringing, then you are conforming to sexist stereotypes. You are perpetuating sexism, okay? This is the argument. So if that's the case, then it's nature, right? Because raising your child a certain way will mean that they either do or do not become a gender-conforming individual, right? So we decided to raise her gender non-conforming, and then what do you know it? She's transgender. (laughs) But then they say that the children are born transgender or born homosexual, for example. So how can it be that it's all nature, uh, all nurture? So we we don't conform to any any gender stereotypes because we believe in not having our children raised with any gender stereotypes. But at the same time, they were born transgendered. <laughs> how does that work? Like if they're born transgendered, what's the difference? Do you see my point here? I always find that curious. Oh, we've always raised them to be gender non-conforming, but whatever gender they are now, whatever they choose to be, they were born that way. She loved pink and sparkles and all things girly, and that was fine with us. This is a soft blanket that I have, and it says Benjamin on it, so we put it with my Benjamin box. As her gender non-conformity intensified, we started to notice some distress around... So at the age of two or three, her gender non-conformity intensified. Two or three. Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Now, of course, liking pink things and playing with Barbie dolls doesn't make you a girl, right? Because it's gender non-conforming, right? I mean, little kids will probably play with whatever toys they have in their vicinity. But they have actually done studies where they find that um, little boys will gravitate towards things like dump trucks and rocket ships and Lego. And girls will gravitate to things like dolls and tea sets and stuff just naturally. I don't know if you know, many people are aware of that, but they've done a lot of this kind of research and that's generally what comes out. Like the boys will tend to go for like problem solving toys. Not all of them and not all of, it's never, nothing's like 100%, but the majority of them tend to gravitate towards problem solving and building and and shit like that. And the girls tend to gravitate towards, you know, like nurturing toys and, you know, tea sets and communal stuff. So I, I'm just curious how uh, the gender non-conformity of a three-year-old could intensify, like just on its own, like in a vacuum. Like we're not providing any influences whatsoever. Well, well, it seems that Benjamin really likes this pink thing. So let's just get more pink things. Would that happen? Could that possibly be the case of what was going on here? It seems that little Benjamin really likes to play with dolls and wear dresses and uh, have pink things in his room. So I guess we better just get more of it. And by the way, uh, make sure we tell little Benjamin that he doesn't, you know, boy and girl, don't you don't have to be gender conforming. You know, you can be whatever you want to be. You know, you don't have to be afraid of being special. Stuff like that. Would that possibly have been going on? I mean, we did have a blog to write. We've got to put something in the blog. Things like being grouped with boys at school or um, in activities. So by the time she was seven, all of this... So we're not even at the age of seven yet. She really didn't like being grouped with boys. 
at school for activities. <laughs> I know a lot of boys that don't like being grouped with boys when they're at school activities, especially if it's like something like football. There was always a couple of boys who were like, yeah, I don't really want to play football. <laughs> Big kids are going to hurt me. You know, that's fair. That happens. That happens all the time. Some kids are loners. Some kids don't like being grouped with anyone. Some some boys, when they're growing up, like being grouped with the girls because they're players, not because they want to be one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be on the girls' team. That's fine. I'll help the girls out. I'll be on the girls' team. No worries. All right, gather around, ladies. Let's sort this shit out. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean that they want to become a woman, though. It's kind of... Um hit a crisis point and her anxiety was crippling and her depression was uh, becoming life-threatening. So again, we're not at the age of seven yet. The age of six, six or seven, anxiety and crippling depression and intensifying non-gender conformity. Are people wrong to say that like, what the hell are we putting in these children's heads? Where at the age of six or seven, it looks like a very upper middle class family. They're not doing without anything. It doesn't look like they're in abject poverty. You know what I mean? Very upper middle class, regular Americana, got a little house on a hill, property, all of that shit. Three meals a day, happy families. And their six year old is in, experiencing crippling anxiety and depression with intensifying non-gender conformity. They seem they seem like very projected adult problems into the head of a non-adult. Some might say. I, of course, don't agree with that at all. I think, you know, the kid was obviously born transgender and is just expressing themselves. And it's all coming from within their own being. And none of these ideas have been put there by mum who writes a now very successful blog about having a transgender child. And we were at a loss. There's a picture of me. I don't look so happy. We were faced with a seven-year-old kid who wanted to die. One time she punched out the screen. Some more cynical people out there might say, uh, if you had a seven-year-old kid with crippling anxiety and depression, maybe you were doing a shitty job as a mum. I wouldn't say that because, of course, I agree uh, that you did everything you could and you're a wonderful parent and this is all perfectly normal. It's just different and everybody's special. But others out there, you know, the more cynical, horrible, hateful internet trolls out there, they might say that uh, if your six-year-old is experiencing crippling anxiety, depression, um, not don't know whether they're a boy or a girl and want to kill themselves, that um, it might be because their parents are doing a shitty job. Maybe in her second story window and tried to jump out. The hardest part of all this was when I didn't transition and I was not happy and... The hardest part about all this is that I didn't transition, like when I was still a boy. In my very short life, I have experienced anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Oh, and by the way, Remember, we opened this video with uh, the young child saying that I'm one of those scary trans people the media has told you about. <laughs> Good question in the chat. Is there a dad? Haven't seen one yet. There might be. She said she's married, so. It didn't feel right. 
So we sought the support of a gender specialist. And so through conversations... We sought the support of a gender specialist. A gender specialist. How about how about a regular doctor? Can we go try one of those? Psychologist, maybe? Child psychologist? How about family therapist? Did you did you seek medical uh, advice before you started writing your blog about having a transgender child? Did that happen? There, Rebecca came to tell us, no, this is definitely me. I'm a girl. I'm a girl in, in my head, and my heart. I felt like I was a girl because I liked the color pink and... This is the key here. Because, you know, it's all very scientific, what's happening here. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, they sought the support and the advice of a gender specialist. And... If you want to know the cause of this poor child's turmoil and depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts, as announced by the mother of the child, uh, the source of all of this confusion and gender nonconformity and turmoil and everything that goes along with it. If you want to know the source of it, here it is. A girl in, in my head and my heart. I felt like I was a girl because I liked the color pink and I liked girls clothes and how they so the kid liked the color pink and liked girls clothes therefore I must be a girl and instead of uh, mummy and daddy um, instead of the parents saying no sweetie just because you like pink and girls' clothes doesn't mean that you're a girl. Instead of them saying that, at the age of, what, six or seven or whenever this took place, instead of saying that, they fell back on their six or seven years of raising their child to be gender non-conforming, having watched their gender non-conformity intensify right before their eyes. And then when the child said, well, I really like um, pink, the colour pink, and girls' clothes, therefore I'm a girl. Mum said, okay. Mum has a shopping buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer Briggs. Mum said, okay, it's time to go to the gender specialist and make this official. But first, let me type it up on my blog. Let me get my blog up. Today, my little girl finally came home. Yes, I'm that mum. But see, I love the irony of it all because... We've raised our children, ladies and gentlemen, in a in an environment that is gender non-conforming. Yet, when the child says, I like pink and girls' clothes, we say, oh, you must be a girl because we're gender non-conforming. Do you, do you see the inverted logic here? Wait, I thought just because a child likes pink and women's and girls' clothes doesn't make them a girl, right? Because isn't that what gender non-conforming is? So having raised them in a gender non-conforming household, the minute that they show a gender conforming trait like liking pink things and girls' clothes, you make them a girl. <laughs> because we believe in non in gender non-conformity. But as soon as you do something girly, that's it. You must be a girl now. You're a girl now. Congratulations. But I, th I thought gender is fluid and stuff. Nope, you're a girl.
you like pink things and girls' clothes, you're a girl now. End of story. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know, we don't believe in gender stereotypes. That's why as soon as our little boy started to say that he likes wearing girls' clothes, we decided, well, I guess he can be a girl then. Because we don't believe in gender stereotypes. You know, our little boy really likes pink things. Therefore, we said it's okay to be a girl because girls like pink things. Girls like girls' clothes. So I guess he's a girl. I guess in his heart and in his head, he's a girl because he likes girl things. But we don't believe in gender stereotypes in this household. I might play this one just to see us to the end of the show. Uh, this was going around on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie. Uh, the other end of the spectrum, uh, this is a three-year-old who has cancer, is going through chemotherapy, and so he's not allowed outside. He's not allowed outside of the house. So every day, uh, people from the neighbourhood come around and you know do things outside his window to make him laugh. thought this was good. <laughs> It's not all bad. It's not all bad. It's not all gender nonconformity. I'll tell you what, one more article, because this is too much fun. Why not? We're on a roll. It's not all gender nonconformity and non-binary and all of that shit. Uh, There's just some nice people out there sometimes, isn't there? No, there's no twist. See, see, this is the state that we're in. People are like, there's got to be a twist. What's going to happen here? What happens? Is, is there something like other parents fucking suicidal maniacs or something? What's the twist here? Does the house blow up at the end of this clip? I don't get it. Do the riot police kick his door down because dad's a heroin dealer or something? What's going on? No, it's just a nice clip. <laughs> Walmart pulls violent video game displays from its stores, but will still sell guns. You see, because after the Walmart shooting, ladies and gentlemen, um, there was a mass groundswell of protesters who said that Walmart should stop selling guns as if the guy walked into the Walmart, bought the gun, bought the ammunition, said, well, I'm just going to take it for a test run, if that's all right with you. Like, if only Walmart didn't sell guns, then the shooting in the Walmart never would have happened, apparently. But so, not prepared to take the guns off the shelves, Walmart, because probably because they're capitalists and don't want to lose a, a lot of money unnecessarily. They thought, well, they sat down and the brains at Walmart thought, we have to do something. We have to do something to show that we care. So 
So what do they do? They took the violent video game displays off the shelf. But you could still buy the violent video games if you went up and asked. (laughs) I I don't understand the connection here. I don't get it at all. It's like if you ran a swimming pool, if, if you ran a bowling alley and somebody dropped a bowling ball on their toe and broke their toe, okay? And you're like, wow, we've got a real problem here. Seems like somebody, you know, we've got a real problem with people dropping a bowling ball on their foot and breaking their foot. What are we going to do about this? And you're like, well, the the act of bowling and people having feet is kind of central to our whole business plan here. I know. Let's take all of the candy out of the shop. <laughs> what? What's that going to do with it? Well, you know, people have too much candy and they get a lot of sugar going through their system and then maybe, you know, that makes them more prone to dropping bowling balls on their feet, perhaps. Good idea, good idea, sir. But don't take it out of the store completely. Just take it off the shelf. Just put it under the counter. So if, if somebody wants a Clark bar, they have to ask for it now. We don't, we don't just show that shit. If somebody wants a Butterfinger, you know, they have to... Hey, you got any of those Butterfingers? Got any of those Butterfingers there? Great, great solution, sir. So let's have a look at the clip. Walmart is going to be uh, taking down some of the promotions they had. For- is is this on half speed or something? What's going on? <laughs> this is not on half speed. This is just the way the guy talks. Wow, high energy guest. Walmart is going to be uh, taking down some of the... <laughs> All right, thanks, Amy. Thanks for joining. Walmart is going to be taking uh, down some of the. It's like I, I understand speaking slowly to get your point across, but this is this is going too far, sir. <laughs> yes, uh, Walmart is. <laughs> it sounds like uh, playing, you know when people look for satanic messages in rock music and they play the tape backwards really slowly. The promotions they had for violent video games and violent movies, they say it's out of respect for the two tragedies. There was obviously the one in El Paso, but... Out of respect for the two tragedies. We're not going to show... Of the cover of a violent video game out of respect for people who were gunned down in our store. How is that showing respect for anything? Isn't that showing disrespect? Hello. Uh, hello, Mrs. Smith. Yes, I'm very sorry to hear about your loss. Um, I just want to let you know that we here at Walmart are doing everything we can to show the appropriate level of respect for you and your family in this time of mourning. That is precisely why we have decided to take uh, Grand Theft Auto off the shelf. Uh, People will still be able to purchase it, um, but we're just not going to display it out of respect for you and your family in this time of loss. You're doing what? Who, Who are you? Why are you on my property? What the hell is wrong with you people? Out of respect? Well, gee, gee, thanks, Walmart. I guess I can rest easy now knowing that um, my kid can't see a Fortnite cover when he walks in. 
and looks at the Xbox games. I get, that's going to fix it. Thank you for showing respect. You fucking idiots. <laughs> Another shooting, uh, fatal shooting in a Walmart in Mississippi recently. Mississippi. But there have been critics who are saying that Walmart isn't going far enough and that, uh, one, they're still selling the video games. But even if you go by the <laughs> argument that video games are a problem, the bigger problem isn't the video games. It's the guns with the actual bullets that kill people. <laughs> and Walmart is a major seller of ammunition and firearms. This is this is so dumb. This has to be the dumbest story I saw all week. <laughs> and there's there's a lesson for you, Walmart. Yes, it doesn't matter how far you go. It will never be far enough. See, all the rest of us have already figured that out now. I mean, we've shit. We've now got, you know, three year olds with gender anxiety because it was like, well, we better not, we better not go too far. We better not go too far. Just let people go. Just let them do what they want. Ne going, it's never going to be good enough. Soon there will be babies in wombs who are experiencing gender anxiety. And they'll say, we aren't going far enough. We need to go further. It'll never be far enough. You'll never please everybody. But then. <laughs> Just the asinine. Excuse me, do you have Grand Theft Auto? Yes, I do. It's under right here under the counter. Thank you. Wow. Good job, everyone. We just avoided another mass shooting. <laughs> Every customer that comes in and doesn't see the cover of a violent video game is another tragedy averted. We are changing the world. We're, cha we're saving lives here at Walmart. We're saving lives. Take take all the violent take all the violent movies off the rack. <sighs> no shootings today. I guess our mission is complete. I, I guess our job is done. Thank God we took all of those Jason Bourne movies off the DVD rack because who knows how many innocent people might have died in this Walmart today if we didn't. And they aren't taking as aggressive a stand as Dick's Sporting Goods, for example, yeah. which you know has been really out there up front in getting rid of gun sales because of these mass shootings that sadly just continue to keep happening. No, they're not getting rid of gun sales. They're just getting rid of their gun sales. Gun sales are actually going up. Dick's Sporting Goods hasn't, re hasn't reduced the amount of guns getting sold. They've just stopped selling them. They've just, all they've done is just hand a big slice of market share to their competitors. That's like, good job. Good job, dicks. You done good there. Good for you, dicks. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch Fareed Zakaria. Um, okay, one more. One more video. One more video and this will see us out. I've kept you for a couple of hours now. Man uses roach spray nunchucks to quiet down neighbours. Police say suspect injures himself with nunchucks. This we got to see. A Daytona Beach man's rage lands Florida him in man. jail. Officers say he squirted roach spray into a... <laughs> why, do, why do male newsreaders have to have a pole up their ass? Officers say roach spray. He used roach spray. <laughs> Nobody talks like that. You can, you can just say, officers say he used roach spray in a dispute with his neighbours. Officers say he used roach spray. What the fuck is going on? Anyway. A group's face and then used nunchucks, nunchucks. to quiet their party. News 6's Lauren Korn has this story from Volusia County. Volusia. 
This was all over a birthday celebration that got too noisy for some of the neighbors, including one man who armed himself with roach spray and nunchucks. An 18th birthday party cut short late Sunday night outside this complex on Charles Street. A couple of neighbors approached the woman and her friend to quiet down. Looks like a nice neighborhood, doesn't it? <laughs> Looks like a very quaint little piece of suburban heaven. Down the noise when police say 61-year-old Larry Adams got so upset he took it upon himself to walk up to the group threatening them before unleashing the roach spray and bringing out the nunchucks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Walmart is pleased to announce that we are removing all of the roach spray from the shelves at our local stores out of respect for the innocent victims at the 18-year birthday party that suffered roach spray in the face on the weekend. We need roach spray control now. Nunchuck control now. Similar to these. Police say he hit one victim's truck before accidentally striking himself in the head with the weapon. <laughs> So he unleashed his fury, his nunchuck fury on the truck of the guy who was running the party and in doing so, hit himself in the face with the nunchucks. <laughs> this is a victimless crime. Woman in the group also called 911. Nah, this Officers arrived and confiscated the spray along with the nunchucks. <laughs> he had his roach spray confiscated. <laughs> sir, sir, put down the spray. Sir, put down the roach spray. Okay, let's not do anything crazy now. Come on. By court order, you are you are not allowed to have roach spray in your house. You must use traps only. But, Your Honor, they don't do nothing. I've heard enough from you. <laughs> no more roach spray. You can't be trusted. Roach spray is a privilege, not a right. Pepper spray and a semi-automatic handgun magazine that police say was inside Adams' apartment uh. near where his child was sleeping. Uh. They ended up arresting Adams for aggravated battery. Wait, so he, so he had semi-automatic ammo in the house and he went out with a can of roach spray and a nunchuck? <laughs> a nunchuck that he hit himself in the head with? I guess, I guess, fair enough. Probably would have shot his bollocks off if he had gone out there with his pistol. Battery and assault using a deadly weapon, and he has since bonded out of jail. In Daytona Beach, Lauren Corn getting results, News 6. In Daytona Beach. There you have it. Wonderful stuff. Roach spray control now. Nunchuck control now, ladies and gentlemen, because you never know. You never know when a situation might get out of hand, and you need to protect yourself against the roach spray. I, and I, I think we should start a petition for Walmart to take roach spray off the shelves. Sir, sir, put down the roach spray immediately. Step away from the roach spray. <laughs> you are brandishing a dangerous weapon. Dangerous to insects. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. That brings us to the end. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like me to relinquish the roach spray, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. 
Don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS at ChrisMC44 uh, at Y Censored for tomorrow night, Thursday night at 11 p.m. for my favorite things. Good luck, Kimmy. Have a good show. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday night with Trust and Verify. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, chatting it up. And until Sunday night and then Monday back again with the Daily Boogie, I will see you next time. So stay calm, stay rational. God bless and see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks everyone, have a great weekend.